Hello, it's Tuesday the 24th of October. I'm Miranda Sawyer and three and a half hours in the cinema is fine, if I can bring a duvet. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we collect up the UK press, strap it to an operating table and perform rapid surgery, cutting off the bad bits, stitching together the good, in order to bring you the nation's best ever mini newspaper each and every day. The Daily Maily Timesographian Star, just for you. We're out five days a week, so you can stay informed and entertained from Monday to Friday, with weekends off for you to relax and think about kittens. So why not subscribe and tell all your newsy funny friends? Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Water State. Storm Babette causes devastating floods across the UK, but the papers aren't reporting it. Blank Space. Taylor Swift has written a novel. Or has she? And 10,000 unopened emails and counting. Life admin sucks, so let's ignore it. <laughs> Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've got an edit button and we know how to use it. I'm Miranda Sawyer. With me on the show today is host of The Way We Were podcast and celebrity celebrator, Grunya Maguire. Hello, Grunya. I like that feels like like an official court position. You I are celebrate the celebrities. Exactly this. Also with us is new statesman writer and transporterer John Elledge. <laughs> Hi, John. Uh, hello. <laughs> is transporter a word? Yes, it is. It means that you're transported by transport. <laughs> No? Does that mean just getting on a bus? <laughs> yes, well, also enjoying transport. Right, anyway, <laughs> what do we have on the front pages today? John, what do we have? So the broadsheets have very much uh, gone with a theme, it must be said. Uh, the Times is Sunak chanting jihad is threat to our democracy. Uh, the Guardian bombardment of Gaza continues amid talks to free more hostages. The Eye has uh, some more on that. Two more Israeli hostages freed as airstrikes on Gaza intensify. Uh, and last but not least, The Telegraph. Uh, EU clash with UK and US on ceasefire. Um, should we have a really quick look at that Telegraph mm. story? What are the points they're making here? So two main developments. The headline is referring to the fact that um, uh, some the EU governments, uh, apparently led by France... Uh, are pushing for a temporary ceasefire to so that more aid can be allowed into Gaza from from the Egyptian border, um, and the line from the US, the UK's backing is like, well, we can't we can't tell Israel that it's not allowed to defend itself. Mm. Uh, the other and more positive aspect of the story is that yesterday, uh, Hamas did release two of its Israeli hostages, uh, an 85 year old woman and another who's 79. They were handed over to the Red Cross at the Rafah crossing with Egypt. OK, great. Thank you. Um, what other uh, front pages do you have, Grania? Uh So the Daily Mail, um, covering the same story, um, sort of a gruesome aspect, videos that prove the depravity of Hamas terrorists. Uh, the Sun also sort of deal with sort of the ramifications of what's happened. Um, ITV offer extra security to the Coronation Street actress Maureen Lipman. The Mirror have covered the Storm Babette. Why will no one help us? Sort of drawing attention to kind of like the lack of coverage, I guess, by a lot of the media and about the government's sort of like lacklustre response. 
And the Daily Star have what I think is a, a, a big story that the other newspapers have once again overlooked. Space boffins say their new discovery points to rodents on Red Planet. Headline, is there mice on Mars? <laughs> OK, let's have a look at that front page because it's a work of beauty, it's, isn't it? It's a fever dream of a front page. So many mice and also David Bowie. <laughs> Okay, this genuinely feels like a dream. Describing this front page, please just go into a newspaper shop just so I'm not losing my mind. Can somebody else check that they can see this? So uh, (laughs) there's the image of Mars. um, Then uh, David Bowie, Rishi Sunak in a little helicopter. And then... Why is Rishi Sunak there? (laughs) He's there because he's Biggles. He's there because basically the star have decided to call him Biggles because he's always going in like expensive, um, you know, uh, helicopters oh, and okay. jet planes everywhere. So whenever well, what's they... What's that got to do with the mice? They just like him. <laughs> so they've drawn a little picture of him dressed as Biggles Let in a helicopter. Let them have fun. Let them have fun. The news is so depressing. It is. Let the it's Daily true. Star, if they want to put... Rishi Sunak, it's a bit like the easiest, worst Wally. <laughs> there he is. And uh, the red planet is surrounded by uh, quite uh, ominous-looking little little rodents. Well, they're enormous rodents, aren't they? I mean, they're massive. I mean, yeah, really. Now you you say it. If if this is to scale, it is really terrifying. That yeah. is that should be the big story that there are planet-sized mice. Well, nobody save us from these giant mice. <laughs> exactly. Now, Storm Babette has been sweeping through the UK, causing no end of havoc in Scotland and in parts of England and in Wales as well, actually. Seven people have died. And as of Sunday, about 1,250 properties in England have been flooded, as well as many more in Scotland. And there's more flooding expected today in the East Midlands, as well as much of Yorkshire. John, the mirror has this on its front page, but it's the exception, isn't it? This is a big story that seems like it's been minimised by the press, doesn't it? It's very bizarre because like, the, the Mirror Centre reported to a place called Catliff near Rotherham, uh, which is um, just, it's just a heartbreaking story after heartbreaking story. Uh, there's a quote from a restaurant manager who said that they only moved to the area after they were assured that the, the house wouldn't flood, that, that you know all the problems uh, from a 2007 flood had now been dealt with. Uh, the house is now flooded. Yep. Uh, also, they're complaining they were they were rescued, but then just left there with no, nobody explaining. You know what you're meant to do now. Nobody's helping them. There's another woman who's quoted saying she's got nowhere to live, and her insurance company is literally not picking up the phone. The 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 most heartbreaking, I think, is um, the, the 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 guy who had to break it to his wife that their home insurance ran out two weeks ago and he forgot oh, to renew it. It's just terrible. and it's going to cost twenty grand to replace their stuff. The the wife cried when she saw the the baby son's toys just floating in the water. Um, but it is weird how like so 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 full disclosure, I kind of hadn't realised how bad these floods were until I was looking at this mirror story. Gaza is chasing everything else off the front pages at the moment. And this this just feels like another one of those symptoms of everything breaking down. Like surely this is what the this is what the state is for, right? This yeah. is you would expect the emergency services to be swooping in, you would expect government help. Um Therese Kofi has been to to see the affected areas, which is 
a massive comfort, I'm sure. <laughs> but it, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't feel like, you know, these people's lives have been absolutely ruined and it feels like nobody's looking. I know, exactly. It feels like there's two aspects to it because it feels like kind of the government isn't really looking. So Rishi Sunak's busy kind of, you know, being an international statesman as though anybody cares. <laughs> and then the other, the other factor is that the papers have kind of been just treating it as a joke. Do you know what mm. I mean? Here comes Storm Babette. It's going to be, you know, batten down your hatches, that kind of, lots of kind of puns about it, but not much coverage. And it seems like an easy win. Like, I'm sure when this has happened in the past, you would have all those pictures of politicians in their wellies, their little raincoats, looking into the middle distance while like a fire person explains things to them. So I don't understand why the same thing isn't happening here. Yeah, it's also, I think, perhaps because their flood walls haven't worked. So like, I mean, in, there's a place in Scotland where they put flood walls up in, in 2015 and it cost £16 million and they were just breached and swept away they had flood walls in Catliff, same thing. It just get, they just all got swept away. It's perhaps the reason why they're not completely dealing with it is also it's it's evidence of climate change. Mm. Yeah. So there was a fascinating piece in I think Rolling Stone years ago talking about um how, like Miami and the whole South Florida area is just it's fucked. It's because there's no, nobody has any idea how to protect an area with ocean on one side, swamp on the other that's built on limestone, so the water will come up from every direction. But they just remember this because it talks about how it's not going to suddenly be like the areas underwater. What's going to happen is like a series of floods gradually make it less attractive to live there. It will become uninsurable. The money will start leaving and it will just get gradually worse. And it's just like, that's what this reminds me of. This is the reality of climate change. It's not one big disaster. It's going to be like a thousand tiny cuts like this. Now, the mail today has a very interesting story about Taylor Swift. What she's been up to, perhaps, is writing a novel. OK, so an unknown author who has set out to reinvent the spy genre has taken the literary world by storm. But who is the mystery writer? Could it be Taylor Swift? There are various clues. Essentially, this book, which is called Argyle, is being made into a film by Matthew Vaughan. The leading character is called Ellie Conway. There are various clues in here, Gronya. What are the clues? Well, so there's a cat in the film. Mm. Now, as all our Swifties know, Taylor loves cats. Um, then there <laughs> Sorry, is... Sorry, is that it? <laughs> no, no, no. There's more to the cat. There's more to the cat. Um, it's the same type of cat that Taylor owns. And um, so then that cat has their own Instagram account. How, wait, sorry, this is absolutely mad. It's got its own Instagram account and this cat's Instagram account quotes lyrics on their Instagram account from Taylor Swift. Don't be cynical, John. Thank I'm, you. I'm holding back. I, yeah. I, I, okay. I, I have a rant for the end of this. Yeah. Um, and then the launch of the book has been pushed back. So now it's on November the 9th, which is the same day as the first leg of Taylor's international tour. Yeah, exactly. And I just have to think this is, OK, this makes me love her even more and hate her even more because it's such a Taylor thing to do. Yes, it to is. write a book. It is write a book. I've got more clues. Oh, sorry. OK, so the book's called Argyle and Taylor loves Argyle as in the pattern. And there's an Argyle top as merch on Taylor's website. And also, the heroine is called Ellie Conway, and Taylor Swift made a lot of her albums at Conway Studios and has worn a jumper with Conway on the front. Mm -hmm. And the 
biggest, most exciting bit is Ellie is going to be played by a red-haired actor and in Taylor's short film, All Too Well, she plays a red-haired author. <laughs> so it's oh, definitely... <laughs> She wrote the book and it's going to be a film. John, don't be cynical. It's like, not, 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 not for the first time. I think that J.K. Rowling has a lot to answer for. <laughs> it just reminds me of like J.K. Rowling released books under the name Robert Galbraith. And then there was this big reveal. Aha, it's the Harry Potter woman. I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking like, is there anything here that couldn't be arranged by a marketing team who's just like, who's, who's big right now? Who can we, whose glory can we bask in? I know, Taylor Swift. Like, is there anything here that isn't just that couldn't just be made up? But what you have to understand is all of Taylor's albums are essentially spy thrillers. <gasps> They're all spy thrillers, but what you're trying to figure out is not who murdered the person, but who broke Taylor's heart. And you have to go through all the songs, so and you have to get all the Easter eggs, and then you figure it out, and at the end, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. <laughs> With a red scarf in the in the abandoned ballroom. It's always Jake Gyllenhaal. So she was writing spy thrillers the whole time. So she really could have done this. And it could definitely be her and not Matthew Vaughan drumming up um, kind of interest in his new film. It could definitely be her. I think the clue is the title, because mm. the title of the, of the book is Tinker Taylor Swift Soldier Spy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a giveaway. (laughs) Now, as we all know, Paper Cuts is a sucker for the sub's best work, the headlines. We like them daft, do lally, short and snappy. We like jokes, we like puns, we like references to old pop songs that only people my age will get. (laughs) Do we have any good ones today? Gronya, what do you have? Uh, I really enjoy this one, In the Sun. Um, And it's a story about how one of Britain's top tourist attractions has been revealed to be a plastic tunnel outside a Sainsbury supermarket. Headline is Perspex Appeal. (laughs) I I read this story. It's really funny. It's obviously just lots of TripAdvisor reviews, isn't it? And they just decided that they were going to like put it on the same kind of level as the Taj Mahal, and it's just a very long perspex tunnel outside a supermarket. Where where is this? Just if I was planning a trip, um, it is in Cornwall. Well, you know, you go to Cornwall to see the perspex tunnels. You do. You definitely do. It's quite. I mean, it's a nice tunnel, and it's very long. Listen, I just people like this who find joy in the mundane. Good luck to them. Yeah. And there's another headline, isn't there? So in the Daily Mirror, they say hot yoga could soon be prescribed to tackle depression after remarkable results in clinical trials. Headline is mind bending. Very good. Although hot yoga is really expensive. I just want to say that. It's so, so depressed. And I've never felt more depressed than halfway through a yoga class. So mm. I disagree. <laughs> with, the, with the research behind this. I'm no scientist, but if ever you want to give up the will to live, pop into a hot yoga class. <laughs> doesn't work for you. Okay, John, what do you have? So I'm I'm going to give you a glance behind the curtain. I've been given both these stories by our lovely production team and I don't think either headline works. (laughs) I think this is actually quite low quality from the Daily Star today. What? Oh, no. So on page 10, we have a story about uh, Christians are flocking to online church services that use artificial intelligence to deliver sermons. I, you know, I'm not a religious man, but I kind of think if you're getting a chat GPT or something to, or a company called Meadow to write your sermon, then I think 
think that's I don't know if that's really a direct line to the Lord. But anyway, the the headline is let us pray, spelt P-R-A-I. So it's, but that's let us pry, surely? Let yeah. us pry doesn't work. No, or yeah. let us pray. I. Yeah. 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 Not happy about that. No. Um Elsewhere in the Daily Star, there is a story about how struggling pubs are putting on movie nights to pull in the punters. Almost 90% of the boozers surveyed said that uh, showing Hollywood hits such as Barbie and Oppenheimer had boosted their takings. The headline is, Barbie's Ken Help Out Pubs. Mm. Yes, that's not great. It's not great, is it? No, I'm sorry. But we still love the star. We love the mice. Now, somewhere between the front pages of War and the back pages of Soccer Ball are the fun parts of the papers, where they reveal what's truly on their minds. Where should they go on holiday? How should they feel about ageing? How can they dress to look like rubbish versions of expensively styled celebrities? And, oh look! Cute animal. <laughs> All the stuff of life. Gronya, you've got a story about life admin from the eye, haven't you? Yeah, so this is by Casia Delgado and it is a story all about how she learned to find sort of spiritual peace by giving up on being on top of her emails and her text messages. Quite right. So she used to put a lot of pressure on herself to reply to WhatsApp messages and to clear her inbox. And then she felt sort of a, a, a moment of spiritual nirvana by being at peace with the fact that she has 16,676 unopened emails on her phone. And she's OK with that. That's just fine. That's very good. We have been discussing this story in the office before we went on air. And Adam, who works with us, is incredibly (laughs) triggered. He's so anxious about it. He's so anxious about it. He's so anxious about it. He's also anxious about the fact that none of us care. (laughs) (laughs) So how many unopened emails do you have? I have no idea. I've not known for years. Like Gmail stopped telling me. Like once I realised like it doesn't matter whether you've read them all. It just hands power to these pointless people who email you all the time. So, you know, if something's important, they will probably send it again. (laughs) Or call. We don't live in like a Shakespearean tragedy where an unopened letter is going to have like life changing (laughs) consequences. (laughs) No email is like the child is ill and you're going to go, oh, well, look at that later. It's all just spam. (laughs) So I have at the time of going to press, let me just check. I have 7,753 unopened emails, wow. 101 unopened text messages. This is impressive. And it's fine. Yeah. And so you have the little dot on your phone that tells you, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm like John. So I have Gmail, which means that you, they don't tell you. They just put it all into another into another folder. So I checked this other folder, which was like promotions, and there was over 80,000. <laughs> So I, but I didn't know, so I didn't care. But this is actually, this has started infecting my actual flat and that this attitude has at some point spread to paperwork. <laughs> so I have this point on the desk in the hall where I just dump everything. And say, I'll deal with that later. And it is now overflowing onto the floor. And I have to, at some point, I'm going to have to go through this paperwork just because otherwise it's a high hazard. Do you know that there's a company that has said it's going to give employees an afternoon off a month to do their life admin? I think that's genius because when you actually do sit down and because I, it's in my head, I'm like, oh, I need to reply to that text message or I haven't replied to that email. And it takes me about like four minutes to do it. But I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow after I've done it. Yeah. I feel like amazing. So I think the day after their workers will be at their most productive 
present, optimistic. So I think all firms yeah, should do good, that. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? I worry that it's not long enough, though. I just think you should do two and a half days work and then two and a half days life admin. Because, you know, one phone call about the electricity bill could be the whole afternoon, really. John, we are very happy about this story, aren't we? There's the story about a record-breaking cow in The Independent. So, yes, the record-breaking cow is named Romeo, which there has been some discussion in the office about whether this means he is not, in fact, a cow. Yes, I thought if he was a he and a yeah. Romeo, isn't he a bull? Am well, I we, being stupid? We, 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 always say, like, we call the species cows, don't we? We don't call them, like, oh. cows and bulls. So yeah, I'm not, we don't know how... Romeo identifies. That's that, true. That, that is true. Okay. Romeo, I should tell you, is a Holstein steer from uh, a place in Oregon State. Uh, he's apparently the tallest cow in the world. Uh, he's beaten the current record holder, who is named Tommy, who is six foot one. Uh, Romeo, though, is six foot three at his withers, which I meant to Google <laughs> and have failed to Google. We so have I've no idea. Not a clue uh, where his withers are. Could where be anything. Where are his withers? Withers sound like a rump. But then, where you're tallest, if you're a cow, is not the rump. It, is it the rump? Oh, less I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting an indication by literally the producer is also smacking his rump like I am. <laughs> the withers is the bum. But I think you should, listeners, use the phrase at, at his withers, at my withers, just once in conversation today. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need to get, get this back in circulation. What kind of conversations are you planning on having today? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's applying to the Guinness Book of Records to see if he's going to be the tallest, OK? Um, and um, I'd just like to say, I've, I've watched a video of him. He's a very nice black, black and white cow and he lives at an animal sanctuary. He was rescued from a veal crate when he was very little. There's a picture of him and I think it's the sun. He's a, he's very sultry looking. Yeah, He's, <laughs> he's yeah. really doing so that he can come to bed eyes at the camera. I know, he's going to be a model, isn't he? Let's face yes. it. OK, so we've done some investigations as well. <laughs> We've around got so the theme much cow material <laughs> around the theme of large animals okay <laughs> so we're going to talk about fat bear week <laughs> <laughs> so in alaska there is an annual tradition of fat bear week how this bear competition works is at certain points in a bear's life they're quite skinny and then just before they about to go into hibernation they're quite fat um, and the assessment takes place over a week and there are observers that kind of say, oh, you, you've done really well, fat bear. <laughs> there, are, <laughs> there are really brilliant before and after photos <laughs> on the websites, which we will put up. It's the National Park website. There's an amazing, I mean, it's proper journalism, I say, before and after photos. This is, this is to like prepare themselves for like four months in hibernation, right? Yeah. But I think we should talk about your original understanding of fat bear week. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Okay, I just pitched in my head that it was like our American kind of pie-eating contest. <laughs> so they trained the, the bear. The Alaska were force-feeding bears. I thought they were starving for viral them. viral content. I thought they starved them for a bit and then they lined up all the pies. <laughs> and they, they saw who went the most in the quickest time. I think what you're thinking of there is Yogi Bear Week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they had to steal loads of picnic baskets? Yeah, pretty much, yes. I thought it was a com proper competition like that, but actually it's not. Anyway... The, the winner this year has done very well. It's Grazer, known as 128 Grazer, because they just have a little number, like they're running the marathon. And um, <laughs> she's a lady bear. Good for her. Good for her. And she showed, quote, dominant performance <laughs> <laughs> and skill and toughness. And she was up against 11 other large bears. She beat out 32 Chunk, 
who was described as a mountain of a male <laughs> with a prominent posterior. His, his withers. His yeah, his withers are really <laughs> good. Particularly prominent withers. I yeah. mean, we should aspire to the, the level of body positivity bears have. I Very mean, that so. is the opposite of circle of shame is what they have going on. Ronya, in The Times, there's a story uh, in T2 about the fibs that women tell, both to men and other women. This is a follow-up to a story yesterday about the fibs that men tell, which obviously went down very well, so they thought they'd do women. And Shane Watson, who's the writer, she's put... I have to just say, speaking as a writer, she's put loads of work into this story. There is, like, like you think it's just 2,000 words, but she has got all sorts of different kind of quotes that people use yeah. when women dislike you for lying when men dislike you for lying there's a lot of work in this it is so she has a list she has different sections of lies women tell each other lies women tell men but not she missed lies women tell themselves which i think is <laughs> <laughs> possibly the most important <laughs> And some examples, she says, of the lies women tell each other is that when we pretend that we don't have Botox, when we pretend we don't exercise, and then when we pretend that, you know, what we're wearing, that we haven't spent a lot of money on it. This is exactly what happens when you interview American actors, actresses. Mm. I have to say, they just say, oh, this old thing. Oh, I keep fit by running around after the yeah. kids. <laughs> oh, and, oh God. You know, you know, treatments are amazing, but I wouldn't have them myself. Yeah. Where they look, You look at them and they just cannot move their face. When J-Lo is like, it's olive oil. Yeah. My face is just down to olive oil. Um, I don't I, I don't know if I, she says that women lie about uh, having Botox. I mean, when your face cannot move, um, I'm just wondering how much evasion as possible. Yeah. yeah. And also, I have to say, if people do have Botox, the one thing, the reason why they have to lie to women and not men is men never notice. Yeah. They never notice. You're too busy staring at our tits. <laughs> Gronya and I have both been to the cinema recently and let's just say we have differing opinions on Martin Scorsese's latest three and a half hour long film. But if you want to know more, you'll have to join us in the Supporters Club. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John. Thank you. And thanks to Grania. Thank you. Remember, we love your support so we can continue to bring Paper Cuts to you every single weekday. There's no media mogul winching open his wallet for us because we're proudly independent and can't be bought by the man, at least not for now. So all your contributions are hugely welcome. £3 a month means you get every episode without adverts. If you support us with a few pounds more, you can enjoy an exclusive story or two at the end of each episode, plus the chance to wear a Paper Cuts t-shirt whilst drinking from a Paper Cuts mug. <laughs> at the very same time. <laughs> the excitement. <laughs> Just follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. And our wonderful supporters get a very special shout-out on the show. Here are some now. John. Uh, it's hello and thank you from me to Kathy Heald. Kathy, I am nothing without you. Gronya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say a hi and you're super duper to Sue Harvey. Sue Harvey, you complete me. <laughs> Hi, and thanks for everything to Jennifer Sawyer, who is my mum. <laughs> so I really do mean thanks for everything. 
I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the Metro revealed that lunar scientists have discovered that the moon is 40 million years older than they thought. Looking good for your age, Mooney. (laughs) (laughs) See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts is written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Gronya Maguire and John Elledge. Audio production is from Simon Williams. The show is produced by Liam Tate with assistant production from me, Adam Wright. Designed by James Parrott, music by Simon Williams and socials by Jess Harpin. The executive producer is Martin Boitosh, the managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and the group editor is Andrew Harrison. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.